Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host and my name is John and this week we are back with episode 81 where we will be analyzing and predicting the UFC on ESPN Plus card headline by Damian Maya versus Ben Askren. This card will take place from Kalang, Singapore, which means it'll be an early card for most of us, especially Americans, with the six-fight prelim card starting on ESPN Plus at 5 a.m. Eastern Time, with the five-fight main card starting on ESPN Plus at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. So a bit of a shorter card this week, only 11 fights to analyze, but with that being said, we are going to dive right into the first fight. So starting things off in the heavyweight division, we have Rafael Pessoa, who is 9-1, taking on Jeff Hughes, who is 10-2. The opening betting line for this one was Hughes, the favorite, at minus 165 to Pessoa, plus 125. Right now, we are seeing Hughes minus 240 to Pessoa, plus 200. So where the line sits at currently is much more accurate than where the opening line was set. Uh, if anybody got in on Hughes where that opening line was set, that's a very good line. And I think the bet will cash fairly easily. I just favor Jeff Hughes anywhere this fight goes. He's a much more experienced fighter. He's had the success in the UFC before. Uh, he's just overall more technical and f fights a lot smarter. Pessoa made his UFC debut in his last fight against uh, Gain, and he just looked very underwhelming. He looked, um, you know, super flabby and just moving around with a bunch of unnecessary movement. Didn't really look like he had a, an attack uh, on how to win the fight. He went down with a takedown pretty easily and got tapped out pretty instantly by a gain who's not really a submission specialist. So I don't really see any threat on the feet for Hughes uh, from the way of Pessoa. He hasn't really shown any good striking in the UFC so far. He was looking good uh, in the regional circuit, beating up some lower-level competition, but I just don't think he will have any success on the feet. I think Hughes will outbox Pessoa on the feet. I think Hughes will be able to hit a takedown if he wants to and expose that weak ground game of Pessoa. So uh, on the feet and on the ground, I think this fight favors Hughes. I think he has the better cardio. He's more likely to win the later rounds and I actually think Hughes gets the finish somewhere along the line so the pick is going to be Jeff Hughes to get the win by second round TKO in the next fight it takes place in the women's strawweight division we have Alexandra Albu who is three and one taking on Loma Lukbunmi who is three and one as well the opening betting line for this one was Albu the favorite at minus 152 Lukbunmi at plus 110 Right now, we are seeing Loma, minus 120, Albu, plus 100. So we're going to call her Loma instead of Lukbunmi. Even though I love the sound of that last name, it's great to see uh, a Thai fighter in the UFC for the first time. Thailand is a, a country with a deep fighting culture, and it's great to see one of their fighters finally get over to the UFC. It's amazing that it's the first time a Thai fighter has made it to the UFC, and it's a woman, uh, which is even better. So... Uh, and I, I favor her in this fight, too. I think it's a great matchup. I think uh, Albu has about three fights in the past four years, uh, one, uh, two wins over low-level competition, and then one fight uh, in 2019 where she took on Emily Whitmire. She got double leg taken down, um, tried to get up super recklessly from her guard, got her back taken, and got choked out in one minute's time. So she laid a huge egg in that fight. She looked decent in her fights before that. She had some decent striking. She's a very strong woman. She can uh, kind of get away with her strength in the clinch sometimes because she doesn't have the best clinch 
punching technique, but she just uses that power to overwhelm women. But she's not going to be able to do that here versus Loma because Loma is a skilled Muay Thai fighter. She has hundreds of fights in Muay Thai. She's going to be the better clincher. She's going to be the better striker. And I think she can even be the better grappler as well. I've, Loma has shown a, a pretty diverse array of takedowns. I was super impressed with the takedowns that she's shown so far. She's hit a few uh, outside trips and some body locks versus her opponent. She kept top position. She knows what she's doing on the ground. She's a very well-rounded mixed martial artist. And the only worry in this fight is Loma making her UFC debut. We have seen Albu in the UFC cage a few times, so she's definitely a little more reliable in that aspect. But look when me look great. Great in Invicta, looked good in Pancrase. Her only loss uh, was a submission loss, um, I think in her second or third fight, I recall. And it was just a sloppy transition where she got arm barred. She was going for uh, her opponent's back and her, her, her opponent slipped off and she got arm barred. It was not a very uh, dominant loss. Like she wasn't taken down and controlled on the ground and then. Uh, arm barred from there it was kind of a sloppy transitional arm bar so I don't really hold too much stock in that loss and I think that she will still be the better grappler than Albu here she could be able to out grapple Albu on the floor possibly get a submission like her last fight uh, or outstrike Albu on the feet she should be the better striker at range and in the clinch um, be able to land good knees and elbows but L Loma is a bit undersized she has fought all of her fights at 150 or 105 and she's now moving up to 115 pounds and with Albu being a strong woman I could see the size being too much that's Albu's really only path to victory in my opinion is Loma is a bit undersized for this weight class it's a little too much too soon for Loma and she maybe gets uh, out muscled and out uh, athleted by Albu here Albu could just use her strength and uh, athleticism to possibly win this fight via close decision but i i'm i'm confident that in the technique of loma i think despite that size disadvantage she should be at she should be able to uh outstrike abu on the feet possibly land takedowns and really win the fight wherever it goes so i'm going to pick loma look with me to get her uh decision victory in her first ufc fight and i think she looks good doing so and i have a bet on her at one unit at plus 100 uh, around her opening line and i still think that there's some value left on her at minus 120 i think she wins this fight and looks like a uh, minus 200 favorite out there the next fight takes place in the heavyweight division. We have Sergey Polovich, who is 13-1, taking on Maurice Green, who is 8-2. The opening betting line for this one was Polovich, the favorite, at minus 245. Green, plus 175 underdog. Right now, we are seeing Polovich minus 240, Green plus 200. So I'm actually a bit surprised by where the line is set in this one. I think this is a lot closer fight than what the odds indicate. Polovich is a bit of a tough read, in my opinion, because he looked good in the regional circuit, fighting some pretty good competition over in Russia, over in the Fight Nights Global uh, promotion. He was showing good stand-up. He had pretty good boxing, power in his hands, good takedowns, and ground and pound. And he was actually, I think, uh, maybe a slight favorite over Alistair Overeem in his UFC debut. Looking back on it, that was absolutely insane because he looked terrible in that fight. He gassed out really quickly. He got stuck on bottom, and he got knocked out with ground and pound uh, from Alistair Overeem, of all people, too. But then he bounced back last fight versus Marcelo Golm, pressured him off the bat, showed powerful boxing, and then got him out of there via knockout in about a minute's time. So 
it's really tough to get a read on the guy. Honestly, I, I thought that he came into the UFC off a steroid cycle, looked terrible, and then he got back on a steroid cycle for the last fight. I mean, it's a little bit of a, a wild theory, to be honest, but I, I truly believe that's what happened. And you really never know what kind of athletic shape he's going to come out here versus Green. But all that aside, I think it's just a tough matchup because uh, Green is pretty decent off of his back. So I don't think that... Uh, Polovich will have a, a, a decent path to victory by taking Green down. I think Green's size, you know, he's like six foot seven. He's going to be hard to take down, even though Polovich should be the better wrestler. Uh, I think that this fight is going to be contested on the feet, and it's going to be a heavyweight kickboxing match. And there's no way that Maurice Green should be plus 200 in those circumstances. I think that this is a pretty even fight on the feet. I think Maurice Green has pretty nice... Uh, straight punches he throws his kicks well a lot of leg kicks he i mean his last fight versus junior albini he came out throwing a lot of volume he was uh kicking to the body and to the legs a lot giving albini a lot of different looks that ended up knocking him out in the first round it was a very nice victory and the only times he's really uh, struggled in the UFC so far uh, was that Juan Espino uh, when he got dropped and choked out by him in the Ultimate Fighter. And then that Jeff Hughes fight was a little bit tough for him. He had a close 15-minute uh, striking bat match with Jeff Hughes. He got hurt a little bit in that fight to the body, I think, uh, with a straight right hand to the body from Hughes. So... Uh, he's definitely susceptible to being hit, Maurice Green. He doesn't have the best defense and the best chin, and we could see Polovich put him out here. But I think it's going to be very competitive, and at these odds, I'm happy to throw one unit on Maurice Green at plus 200. I think I got him at plus 195 uh, earlier in the week, but there's still value all over Green in this one. Uh, maybe I'm falling in love with the price a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and pick Maurice Green to win the fight as well. I just think that uh, he has the more offensive tools, and if this fight's stays in the feet for uh, multiple minutes. I think that we'll start to see Green use that uh, diverse striking arsenal to outstrike Polovich. And if this fight goes into the second and third rounds, I really favor Green. I think he has the better cardio. He's shown that he can go the distance in the UFC so far, while Polovich hasn't and doesn't have as much experience in the in the uh, later rounds. So I'm going to pick uh, Green to take over late and to get the second round knockout in this one. So the pick is Green, and there's uh, certainly value on him of plus 200. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Enrique Barzola, who is 16-4-1, taking on Mosvar Ivalev, who is 11-0. The opening betting line for this one was Ivalev, the favorite, at minus 192 Barzola, the plus 150 underdog. Right now, we are seeing Ivalev minus 185, Barzola plus 160. So... The early action came in on Barzola, and I was actually able to get Mosvar Ivalev at a surprising price of minus 120, and it, I, it was a shocking line to be honest. I think I put two or three units down on it, and it's just a really favorable fight for Ivalev in my opinion. Barzola, hell of a fighter. He's got great takedowns, great pace. He's a very exciting guy to watch in the cage. He very rarely has a boring fight. Uh, you just have to appreciate his grappling skills. And he's, But he's just a little outmatched in this fight because Ivalev is the better grappler. He uh, comes from that, that Russian wrestling background, that Sambo background. He has fought over in really good promotions in Russia, specifically M1 uh, Global. He's beaten high-level grapplers over there. He looked... He looked a, a little underwhelming in his UFC debut, I will say. He took on Sung Woo Choi, and 
he was able to dominate the fight, but just not in the way you wanted to see. I mean, he wasn't able to uh, establish dominant position. He didn't really beat the brakes off of Choi. He didn't really show his full um, arsenal, I believe. I think he just uh, kind of grinded out Choi against the fence for most of that fight. It wasn't a very exciting performance, but when it comes down to this matchup, I think we're going to see the two of them grapple because Barzola will probably be the better striker on the feet to be honest he's improving his striking in fight to fight and we just very rarely see evilev grapple or i mean strike excuse me uh over in the m1 global promotion he boxed occasionally he threw some ground and pound occasionally he has some clinch striking every now and then but he was not the type of guy to stand at range for uh, multiple exchanges he really likes getting inside getting to those takedowns and Barzola does too. He's a little more comfortable at range. That's why I say we'll say that Barzola is the better striker of the two. But the the better grappler, I think we will start to see that Ivalev is the better guy. He he will be the one uh, getting top position. I think when Barzola shoots on him, Ivalev will be able to stuff the shots. He will be able to reverse position, get top position himself. Maybe even put uh, Barzola in a submission of some type. So I think that this fight will be a very entertaining grappling fight on the ground for maybe the first few minutes maybe the first round but then we're just going to see Ivalev start to neutralize Barzola he's going to start keeping him on the ground and uh, maybe laying him out in half guard slowly passing his guard and looking to establish a dominant position and get this submission I don't think he will I think Barzola is scrappy enough to not get submitted and he will just uh, be one or two steps behind in the grappling as long as the fight goes so the pick is going to be Ivalev I think he gets it done by decision um, but where the current price is I think it's a pass to be honest because where when I got Ivalev at that minus 120 that those were good odds I think his chances of winning this fight are around like 60 percent maybe be a little higher but where the line is at now minus 185 that's getting up to 65 percent implied probability and you got to respect barzola he has the more ufc experience by far he pushes a super high pace the guy's got cardio for days he will be able to grapple for 15 minutes so if Ivalev is the one getting tired after seven or eight minutes we could see barzola take over late or we could see barzola uh get back to his feet and then outstrike Ivalev uh, as this fight goes so it's a close fight it really is I'm really looking forward to it I'm happy with that action I got in on Ivalev with the price that I did but where the current line is at I think it's a Barzola or pass dog or pass situation uh, so I'm really looking forward to this fight I think it should be a really interesting grappling fight one of my um, most most anticipated fights of the card the pick is going to be Ivalev to win 29-28 decision the next fight takes place in the lightweight division. We have Rafael Fiziev, who is 6-1, taking on Alex White, who is 13-5. The opening betting line for this one was Fiziev as the minus-185 favorite to White, the plus-145 dog. Right now, we are seeing Fiziev minus-190, White plus-165. So, more action coming in on the favorite Fiziev's way, although there is a bit of two-way action coming in on this fight. I think it's a little closer than the odds indicate again. I think that maybe Alex White is getting a little bit disrespected in this line. I mean, Fiziev, only seven pro MMA fights. He's 0-1 in the UFC. He got knocked out in his UFC debut by Magomed Mustafaev. Got spinning back kicked and uh, TKO'd about 90 seconds into the fight. And White had a pretty decent performance his last fight. He got... Um, 
grinded against the cage early versus Dan Red. He got bloodied up a little bit that round. Definitely lost round one. Then came back and grinded out rounds two and three himself. He stuffed the takedowns of Moret. He was able to outstrike Moret in the clinch and at range and just win those last two rounds with the better cardio and stuff and takedowns. So it was a very decent win. But overall, White has not looked very good lately. He got knocked out or knocked down and choked out by uh, Jim Miller in about 90 seconds in the fight before that. He lost the decision to James Krause. So Alex White really hasn't had a very decent win on his record uh, in, in a while. And I think Fiziev is a very tough matchup for him because at range, Fiziev will be the better striker. He comes from uh, a Muay Thai background. He's an orthodox striker. He, he, he's pretty low output, but he just throws with power in every shot. He throws hard punches. He throws good kicks. Got really good kicking technique. I will say that. I really uh, enjoy watching the guy strike on the feet from that Muay Thai background. And he is training over at Tiger Muay Thai, one of the best gyms on that side of the world over there there aren't too many high level mma gyms that draw high level um high level fighters to those gyms but tiger muay thai is one of those and he that's where uh, most of our evil Lev is doing his camp as well i'm sure he's splitting his time in between russia and tiger muay thai but I, I did see some clips of uh, Fiziev and Evilev training together, so I think that Fiziev's uh, grappling will be on point for this one. He definitely knows that uh, his grappling is his weakness uh, and because he comes from that striking background. So it seems like Fiziev is working on his overall MMA game, and White is not really a high-level grappler either. I don't think that he will have an easy time taking Fiziev down. I don't think he has the top uh, control to hold Fiziev down. I mean, maybe we could see some uh, some transitional submission like a, a choke or guillotine or something like that from white but overall i think this fight stays in the feet and i think that fiziev will start to outstrike white as the fight goes but in terms of the betting window i just don't see much value on fiziev at this price i mean i do think he will win the fight i'm gonna pick him to win a decision 29 28 but where the current betting line is it's definitely a dog or pass situation uh Fiziev's cardio is relatively unknown. He did not look good in his debut, and he I'd say he's not the more well-rounded mixed martial artist in this spot either, so it's hard laying that chalk. That's why I'm going to go ahead and say it's a dog or pass situation, even though the pick is going to be Fiziev by decision, so should be another fun fight here, uh, but we're moving on to the next fight, which would be in the women's strawweight division we have Randa marcos who is nine seven and one taking on ashley yoder who is seven and four the opening betting line for this one is marcos the minus 215 favorite to yoder the plus 165 dog right now we are seeing marcos minus 155 to yoder at plus 135 so much more action coming in on ashley yoder's way and I agree with that 100%. I think that where that opening line was set was way too high in favor of Random Marcos. I believe she is taking this fight on on pretty short notice. I want to say like two or three weeks short notice. And that means that she will probably uh, be at a bit of a cardio disadvantage in this one. And I think Yoder has been just looking more and more impressive lately uh, in the UFC. I mean, her last victory over uh, Siri Kondo was a, a 30-24 on all three scorecards, I think. She 
10-8'd every single round, took down Kondo, dominated her on the ground. Before that, she won a close decision over Amanda Bobby Cooper. It was a very debated fight in that one on who won that. Uh, but it shows that she's bouncing back from that three-fight uh, that three fight losing streak that she had earlier on in her UFC career. And she's making big, big improvements. Meanwhile, Marcos, I don't, I haven't seen any improvements for her in a, in a while. I mean, I guess she looked good in that fight versus Angela Hill. Was able to take her down, uh, hold her down with her top pressure, and get the submission in that one. But her, her loss versus Claudia Gadelia a few months ago was an embarrassing performance. She showed no aggression. She barely shot for any takedowns. She threw no strikes in the feed it was just a terrible performance and she got dominated on the scorecards basically by uh, Claudia Gadelia in that one so in terms of their career trajectories I think that Yoder's still improving a lot fight to fight while Marcos is kind of stagnant possibly declining and in terms of the matchup I really just think Marcos needs takedowns in this one or she loses and that's it's going to be difficult for Yoder to stop those takedowns because Marcos actually does have pretty de- uh, pretty decent wrestling, uh, probably some of the best female wrestling in the UFC, but uh, I think Yoder will be up for the test. I think she c- can stop the takedowns, then she will win the fight in the clinch, and she will also definitely win the fight at range. I definitely give the edge to Yoder at range to be the better striker. She's a southpaw. She can uh, land some nice straight punches. She's got a nice straight left hand, some decent kicks as well, so at range, I really favor Yoder even in the clinch I think Yoder will find a way to land some hard knees elbows and break the clinch so in my opinion it's Marcos is going to need the takedown to win this fight and sometimes she gets the takedown in round one and then isn't able to get it in rounds two and three and gasses out that's a possibility here with the short notice factor sometimes she can't get that takedown at all and just gets butchered on the feet like she did versus Gedalia so I just think Yoder has more ways to win this fight uh, I favor her a little more because of that that uh, advantage she should have in the cardio because she, she knew about this fight for longer I favor the fact that her her career seems to be going in a more tr- uh, upward trending direction and I uh, just like her better in this spot as a fighter so i'm gonna go ahead and pick ashley yoder to to cash as that underdog i was able to get in i think uh two-thirds of a unit at plus 165 still think there's a little bit of value on her at plus 135 uh, i think that this fight could arguably be a pick with maybe even yoder as a favorite so uh, the pick is going to be yoder to get this one done by 29 28 decision now moving on to the main card the first fight in the evening or in the morning actually will be in the welterweight division we have muslim salikov who is 15 and 2 taking on loriano steropoli who is 9 and 1 the opening betting line for this one was salikov the favorite at minus 230 to steropoli as the plus 170 underdog right now we are seeing salikov minus 150 steropoli plus 150 so more action coming in on the dog steropoli in this spot and I agree with it. I think that Salikov is the rightful favorite. Should be a pretty decent favorite. Maybe I think where the line is set now is actually dead accurate. Salikov minus 170, Steropoli plus 150. Because Salikov is the better striker of the two. He's got the more MMA experience. Uh, he doesn't have the best takedown defense or ground game. But I don't think that that'll come into play in this spot. Because Steropoli has only shown uh, one takedown in the UFC so far. And that was a, a takedown versus Alves. I don't think he got much top control over it. And I would be really surprised for him to see 
to, for, to see Steropoli attempt takedowns in this fight because even though Salikov doesn't have the greatest takedown defense or ground game, he does, I think, come from a, a Sambo background or maybe it's a, a, a Savat background or some weird kickboxing background. I'm not really sure. I think the guy's ground game will be good enough to deal uh, with Steropoli's though. It was, it's going to be a kickboxing match, and to be honest, I think that Salikov might need the knockout in this one, and I think he has a good chance to get in the knockout because he has real accurate striking, he's real powerful, his overhand right has a lot of power in it, knocked out Nordin Taleb with the last fight, he's got great spinning back kicks as well. Uh, one of the few guys who can actually uh, time and uh, use his spinning back kicks effectively because he's got that background uh, in, in kickboxing or something like that, as I was mentioning earlier. But when it comes down to volume, I really favor Steropoli. The, the guy has looked good in his UFC uh, career so far. He looked like a kind of a bum pre-UFC in his regional fights, but then all of a sudden uh, he made massive improvements in his Hector Aldana fight. He beat him pretty handedly by decision. Then he beat Thiago Alva's last fight as well by decision. Showed really good volume. Still has a little bit of trouble with leg kicks, I will say. Uh, he does not check leg kicks very well. Doesn't have the best boxing defense. So that's why I think Salikov will find a home for his his punches of some sort and land those hard shots on the Steropoli and eventually get the knockout. I could see Salikov just landing the harder strikes of the round and winning a decision. Um, but I just, I, if this fight goes to the decision, I really favor Steropoli. I think if the fight goes to the decision 10 times, Steropoli probably wins 7 out of 10 times. While if the fight ends inside the distance, I think Salikov is the one getting the finish 7 or 8 out of time, those 10 times. So, bit of a complicated example. I think Salikov uh, will find a home for that uh, the, the right hand at some point and put Steropoli out. Uh, I like what I've seen from Steropoli so far. The guy's making improvements. I think that he's worthy of being in the UFC and he could honestly pull this fight off. He could get this victory by avoiding that big power shot of Salikov and out-voluming him to a decision. Uh, but I'm just going to side with Salikov's experience and his accuracy and his power. I think he finds a home for that right hand and gets the finish. So the official prediction is going to be Salikov by second round TKO. The next fight takes place in the heavyweight division. We have Cyril Gain, who is 4-0, taking on Dantel Mays, who is 7-2. The opening betting line for this one it was Gain minus 350, Mays plus 250. Right now we are seeing Gain minus 360, Mays plus 300. So more action coming in on Gain's way as the heavy favorite. And I understand Gain being the favorite. I would cap him around at around minus 250 or so, but where the line's at now, minus 360, that's way too steep for Gain. This fight is low-level heavyweight at its finest. I mean, Gain has only four fights pro in his MMA career. He only has like 10 minutes of cage... No, no, no. 20 minutes of cage time in his entire career, so... You, there's a lot of variability in these fights. Even though Gain is an insane athlete, he has shown some pretty decent boxing uh, in his in his fights. Um, shown some power, got a nice submission in his last fight. I think that there's still a lot of stuff that could go wrong in this fight. I mean, Mays could uh, could possibly knock Gain out early in this one by some fluke punch, or what I think the most probable loss condition for Gain is is that he gasses out in rounds one or two. And with Mays having the more MMA experience, with Mays having a pretty 
diverse amateur background experience too he has fought to, to the decision before he's won 15 minute decisions before meanwhile gain has never fought in the third round before i think maze's best path to victory is to uh withstand that early storm from gain uh, maybe get gain to tire himself out and then maze look to take over and win rounds two and three of this fight so i think i would be pretty surprised to see gain lose round one uh we could see gain come out here look great uh and get the knockout in round one and you know look like the minus 300 or minus 360 favorite that he is uh or we could come out here and see a, a sloppy heavyweight fight and gain squeak out a victory and uh maybe people be sweating their minus 360 bets i will probably see a lot of parlays that are in jeopardy in this fight so uh I, i'm gonna pick gain to get the victory because mace has just shown a little too much weakness uh, i mean he had a he fought in the Tuesday Night Contender Series a few times. I think he three times he fought in the Contender Series. Uh, he lost a very sloppy grappling fight with Alan Crowder of all people. Uh, I guess he won, he got a victory over Mitchell's site, but it was a again a sloppy victory. He I think he was losing that fight for a long period of time before the fight was stopped because uh, Sipe had a terrible cut and the blood was getting in his eye. So that was a a pretty weak win. That's why he did not get signed uh, off the Contender Series in that one. But finally this year on the Contender Series, he got that first round knockout, uh, knocking out Priscell and getting that finish. So. Mace is no slouch. He's definitely not a not a bum fighter by any means. He can win this fight. Uh, it's it's closer than the odds indicate. Uh, I think that maybe the uh, the idea of a value bet on Mace is not a terrible idea. I might lock in a half unit myself in this one, but the official prediction is going to be gained to get the uh, to get. Let's go with the the knockout victory in round one. I still think that's the most probable scenario, although. It could be a great live betting spot. I think if Maze is is uh, alive after round one, I think you should definitely bet Maze's live uh, line no matter what the price is. If you get plus money on Maze uh, live, it'll be great. So uh, the pick is going to be gained to get it done in round one. The next fight takes place in the lightweight division. We have Benil Dariush, who is 16-4-1, taking on Frank Camacho, who is 22-7. The opening betting line for this one was Daryush, the favorite at minus 195, to Camacho at plus 155. Right now, we are seeing Daryush minus 155 to Camacho at plus 135. So more action coming in on the dog Camacho's way. That is the right line movement uh, at the, the right side of the line movement to be on i actually think that frank camacho should be the favorite in this fight i think that this line is off by a lot i think the fight should be maybe uh camacho minus 130 daryush plus 110 and i say that because in my opinion daryush needs a first round takedown in this fight or else he will lose uh, because Daryush is is a bit of a declining fighter. I think that his best days are behind him. I was talking to one of my friends uh, earlier, Sri Ram, who's been a guest on the podcast multiple times. He's a big fan of Benil Daryush, and even he was picking Frank the Crank Camacho to to pull off the upset in this one because Daryush is just not the same fighter. He cannot take a shot as as hard as he once used to. Uh, he just does not seem to have that durability. His athleticism is declining, although it was never too good to begin with. Meanwhile, Camacho is is looking better and better. His last fight was a great performance. He was outboxing Nick Hine. He was picking his shots better than ever. He was attacking the body with uh, body kicks and knees to the body, punches to the body. And he eventually was able to TKO Nick Hine in round two with that sustained body attack. 
attack. So Camacho just looked better than ever last fight. He looked more calm and calculated. He had better defense, better footwork. I mean, you could not say enough about how much improved Camacho looked last fight. The guy still doesn't have the best... Uh, boxing defense he's still a bit hittable but i don't think that's going to be a problem here because daryush is not a heavy hitter at this point in his career i think that his grappling is really his only path to victory for him to win fights i mean his last fight versus drew dober he was losing the fight early he got rocked by uh, some punches uh, and then was able to eventually in round two get some control get the back take slip off the back and then get an, a nice arm bar on drew dober but Camacho is the much better grappler than Drew Dober. Camacho is, uh, I think he's like a brown belt or something like that. Not that that really matters, but he, he the guy's got good takedown defense. He's got good scrambling ability. If you watch his fight with Damian Brown not too long ago, it's a really close grappling fight, and he shows that he has the takedown defense and the, the defensive jujitsu, I think, to avoid the submission of Daryush in this one, even though Daryush should be the better grappler, uh, the better pure grappler. Uh, but in terms of the MMA fight here, I think Camacho is landing the hard strikes at range. He will be the better striker at range. He could probably land uh, some, some shots that will rock Daryush early. So Daryush is going to be looking to close that distance right away. And if Camacho is able to stuff those takedowns, he's able to separate from that clinch, he's going to knock Daryush out early. And it could be a little ugly here. So I think that that's why I'm saying that Camacho should be the favorite because Daryush's win condition is a first round takedown. I do not see Daryush winning the fight unless he gets the takedown in the first. If he does get the takedown, he could possibly get top position on Daryush. He could uh, maybe mount uh, or Daryush could get top position on Camacho. He could control Camacho, maybe get a back take and I mean, Daryush can still grapple. He is a very talented grappler. I mean, he neutralized Thiago Moises not too long ago, took, uh, p pushed him against the cage, took him down, and outgrappled him. And he could do the same here versus Camacho. I just think Camacho is the much better fighter at this point in their careers. He should be able to stuff takedowns, land the hard shots in the feet, and the pick is going to be Frank to crank Camacho to win by second round knockout. I feel like it's like the fifth second round knockout I predicted, but it's going to be a trend here tonight. We could even see Camacho knock out Daryush in round one. So uh, the pick is going to be Camacho by knockout. And that's going to move us on to the co-main event of the evening. Also in the lightweight division, we have Michael Johnson, who is 19 and 14, taking on Stevie Ray, who is 22 and 9. The opening betting line for this fight was Michael Johnson, the favorite at minus 245 to Stevie Ray at plus 175. Right now we are seeing Michael Johnson at minus 310 to Stevie Ray at plus 255. So... For some reason, when the early line movement came in on Stevie Ray in the spot, and I was able to get a bet in on Michael Johnson at minus 155, which were truly, truly shocking odds. It was like the best odds that were available for Michael Johnson. Uh, I'm saying that, that that was the best price available at any time was minus 155, so I got extremely lucky there. I got a lot of good prices for this card, I will admit. I got in on the openers and got lucky in the line movement. But um, Michael Johnson should just be the uh, a minus 300 favorite in this fight, like the odds indicate now. He's moving back to lightweight. Uh, Stevie Ray is coming off of that knockout loss versus... Uh, Leandro Santos, is that the guy's name? Um, yeah, Leandro Santos. Um, he got... I mean, Santos is a jiu-jitsu black belt. He's a primarily a jiu-jitsu fighter and... Stevie Ray came back from a long layoff and he got knocked out by the jiu-jitsu specialist in two minutes time and it was a nasty knockout. It was a one punch 
out for multiple minutes, out cold type of knockout. And that fight was only like three or four months ago. So it's a very quick turnaround for Stevie Ray here. Kind of, you know, kind of worried about the guy's health at this point, nine career losses. He's definitely declining as a fighter. He had a long layoff before that Santos fight. Seems like he's just trying to get back in that cage quickly here. But Johnson is also coming off of a nasty knockout himself. He was winning rounds one and two versus Josh Emmett. Round three, he started to uh, maybe tire out a little bit. Emmett started to find his range a little more. And then Emmett was able to land an overhand right and uh, knock out Michael Johnson stiff. Both of these guys were knocked out stiff by overhand rights in their last fight so just getting down to it though i think michael johnson is still the much more capable fighter at this point in their career in my opinion ray will need a a takedown or a submission of some sort to win this fight and he is a skilled grappler he does have great jujitsu skills but his i don't think his wrestling will really be good enough to get johnson down in this one johnson trains at uh, one of the best gyms in the world over at hard knocks 365 and has been improving his grappling defense over the years it's never been his strong suit but i still think he'll be able to uh, avoid the takedown avoid the submission of ray and on the feet in this one there's no question who the better striker is it's going to be michael johnson he will be boxing stevie ray up at, at range he will probably be landing uh, hard left hands and i could see him even knocking out stevie ray in the spot because johnson didn't have the best power at 145 moving back up to 155 probably is more natural weight class i think we're going to see that power come back from johnson and with the 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 defense and the chin issues of ray i really think that johnson steamrolls his fight and eventually gets the knockout so we're we're picking the trend again we're going with another second round knockout in this one michael johnson is going to get the second round knockout versus stevie ray in this one uh would be pretty shocked to see ray win the decision or, or win this fight in any fashion so the pick is going to be johnson and in the main event of the evening in the welterweight division, we have Damian Maya, who is 27 and 9, taking on Ben Askren, who is 19 and 1. The opening betting line for this one was Askren, the favorite, at minus 165 to Maya, the plus 125 underdog. Right now, we are seeing Askren minus 185 to Maya, plus 160. So. The early action coming in on Ben Askren in this one, and that's the right side to be on. Uh, actually, some two action did come in on Maya early. Some people are definitely betting Maya in this spot, but um, this is going to be a hell of a grappling fight, to be honest. Rounds one and two should be really close grappling exchanges. There should be some great takedown attempts, some scrambles going on from Askren. These two guys need no introduction, uh, but I will give them a short one. Either way, Damian Maya, one of the greatest grapplers of all time in MMA history, has got like some of the most wins and submissions in UFC history. He holds all types of records. The guy's been around for 15 years choking people out, and he's still doing his damn thing. Ben Askren, former uh, national champion wrestler, uh, All-American Olympian, uh, come, transitioned over to MMA a few years back, finally made his way into the UFC after being in Bellator and won and having some contract issues for a while. Has had a pretty underwhelming UFC career so far, though. His fight, uh, he's come out diving for the legs of both of his opponents so far, and both times it cost him. One, his first fight, he got thrown on his head versus uh, Robbie Lawler, almost knocked out cold, w- was able to recover, get in on a takedown, get a bulldog choke, and get his first win in controversy fashion and then in his last fight one of the most notorious fights of all time the fastest knockout in ufc history he charged jorge masvidal with his head down leaving himself open for a flying knee and getting knocked out stiff in one of the 
I'd say probably the most brutal knockout in UFC history. And here we are three months later and Askren is already back in the cage. It's pretty it's pretty astonishing to see that Askren is back this soon. And Damian Maya, whether you know it or not, is on a two-fight win streak in 2019. Uh, he Maybe even three. Uh, I think he, he choked out Condit not too long ago too. Although, no, no, that, that was like three years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm tripping. Um, he uh, he has struggled against Damian Maya has struggled against wrestlers in his career though. You look at some of his uh, most recent losses: Tyron Woodley, Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman. All three of them are wrestlers. I mean, three of the highest level fighters in the division. There are no shame in those losses. All three of those guys have beaten some of some of the best welterweights in the world. But um, Maya nonetheless did struggle with them. Picked up some nice victories over Lyman Good and Anthony Rocco Martin. Not really the wrestling type, and he was able to to uh, get his game going, get his single legs get his uh his back takes and uh choke out lineman good was able to win rounds one and two versus rocco martin and get the decision in that one but uh getting down to how the matchup plays out i just think that this this fight might have been a, a lot closer maybe five years ago for maya but maya's 41 years old he's been around for a long long time and i think that unfortunately his best years are behind him and i think that askin will be the better grappler in the spot he will uh it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic of this fight because they're going to start off on the feet of course and Maya should be the better striker at range. He should be able to maybe land some some straight punches. Meanwhile, Askren really has no interest in striking. He throws an overhand right. He gets into the clinch. He maybe knees you one time, and then he looks for the takedowns. And Maya is usually the one shooting takedowns on his opponents, but he won't be able to do so here because Askren is the much better wrestler. And every time that uh, the Damian Maya faces a better wrestler, he has his his takedown stuffed easily. I mean, watch the Colby Covington fight, the Kamaru Usman fight the woodley fight he went like oh for 49 and takedowns and all those fights because those guys just stuffed his takedowns they were it's you know jujitsu level takedowns these are high level wrestlers stuffing jujitsu level takedowns it's easy for them and Askren will be able to easily stuff the shots of maya Maya's got crafty ways of getting the fights to the floor, though. I mean, he pulls guard, he gets half guard, he looks to sweep from half guard. He does all types of crafty maneuvers, but Askren is very aware of that. He's studied Maya for, for years now. He's been talking about this matchup for a while, and I'm sure that he will come in very prepared for this fight. He will be, know Maya's uh, whole bag of tricks, and he will avoid them uh, quite easily, I think. So in rounds one and two, we could see some close scrambles. We might see Askren put in some bad uh, positions. I think it's, I mean, it's entirely possible for Damian Maya to get the submission in this one, but he's going to need a back take. He's going to need a very dominant position on, on Ben Askren because Askren, a world-class wrestler, great scrambles. He's super hard to hold down. He, it's it's going to be impossible for Maya to hold Askren down unless he has a back take. If he's in side control or half guard or full mount, Askren's going to find a way to escape likely, and Maya's going to need a back take to win the fight in my opinion because... He's not going to be able to win three rounds versus Maya. He would have to control. Uh, he would have to control Askren for all three rounds with back takes. I don't see that happening, and he's going to need a submission basically. So, 
it's basically maybe a 30% chance, 30 to 35% chance that Maya gets that first or second round submission. But the much more likely scenario is we see Askren scramble to top position, avoid the submission, lands that pitter patter ground and pound shots on the floor because that's a huge difference between these two is Askren throws ground and pound. He's got great hand fighting. He can sit in your guard and smash you with ground and pound in a very uh, creative way. But Maya does not throw ground and pound, and that's going to be a big uh, difference between the two. He relies on his position, and it's just going to be super hard to get position on Askren because his scrambling ability is so good. So it's a super intriguing fight. I'm really looking forward to it. Unfortunately, I think that Ben Askren will win the fight uh, pretty handedly. I think that maybe Maya wins round one or two, but then we start to see Maya or Askren take over. He has the better cardio. He's the better athlete at this point in their career. He will probably land the takedowns in rounds three, four, and five, stay on top of Maya, and possibly make it boring. Maybe he'll, he'll just stall on top and just land in pitter-patter ground pound shots and winning the rounds and winning this fight by decision or he could turn the pace up and look to finish Maya himself I mean Maya has taken a beating in some of his most recent fights I mean you look at that fight versus Colby Covington he got beat within within an inch of his life I mean he, he was bloodied he was hurt bad he he just failed those takedowns so bad ended up on his back and got smashed with ground and pound but I think Colby's ground and pound is a little more vicious than Askren's I don't think Askren gets the finish in this one I think that Askren uh, probably win, wins rounds two three four and five and and we're going to see a 49-46 uh, decision victory from Ben Askren in this one. So all those early bettors who came in and bet on Askren at the at the price of uh, maybe minus 125 to minus uh, 185 where the line is at now. Anybody who got Askren uh, at that price, it, it seems like a good bet. I think he should win the fight. He should probably cash that ticket pretty easily. And uh, the pick is going to be Askren to win by decision. So bit of a short podcast this week because we only had 11 fights to break down uh, but there's some good value in, in these fights i uh, will track all my bets on bet mma tips uh my that you can find that page and link in, in the youtube description and the twitter description at ufo underscore ufc i'll just give a quick rundown of the bets of the ones i know so far one unit on look me plus 100 one unit on green plus 195 uh, i believe we have Three units on Mosfar Evilev at minus 120. Uh, we have 1.5 units on Muslim Salikov at minus 130. We have two units on Frank Camacho at plus 145. 1.7 units on Michael Johnson at minus 155. And three units on Ben Askren at minus 185. So you can catch all those final bets on the Bet MMA Tips page. Uh, that's where I will track all the bets. And that'll do it for this week. So we will see you all next week before UFC 244. Hope you all enjoy the card and have a good weekend. Peace.